When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. Today I'm welcoming back Jane and Jason Soroyan. They are the owners of J2 Guides, a gap year counseling service. You might remember them from episodes 16, 26, and 55. Yes, they are my most frequent guests here on the pod, and there's a reason for that. There has never been a better time for a gap year, and there is no one better to inform and educate on this topic than Jason and Jane. In this episode, we're focusing on gap year experiences for neurodiverse students and non-traditional learners. There are a plethora of amazing gap experiences available for all types of individuals, and if families just spend some time and do their research, they'll be able to find the perfect fit for their teen or young adult. During our conversation, Jane and Jason dispel some of the myths about gap years, and they share some data related to college student success rates following gap years. Spoiler alert, just about every college-bound student who pauses to take a gap year not only attends college, but ends up finishing faster than the average student. Don't believe me? Check out the link to supporting data in the show notes. Jane and Jason also provide lots of helpful information about gap experiences that will not only support neurodiverse learners, but will help them build valuable life skills and develop more independence. As always, Jane and Jason bring tons of information, insight, and advice to our conversation. So let's get started. Hello, Jane and Jason. Thanks so much for coming back to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. It's always great to be back with you, Betsy. Thanks for having us. I'm so glad you guys are back. You are my frequent flyers. You are my guests who have been here. This is number four. I'm trying to rack up those miles, Betsy. (laughs) Well, I think you've earned a free trip. Um, You were here really early on, episode 16, which was in my very early days of podcasting when I didn't know what I was doing and you made me look good, which thank you. And then back again, episode 26, and then back again, episode 55, and every single time bringing new information, great updates, really innovative ideas. And I can't wait for my listeners to hear our conversation today. And listeners, by the way, go back and listen to those other episodes because they're absolutely worth your time. But before we get into all of it, can you just give my audience just a brief intro about who you guys are and what you do? Happy to. Um, I'm Jane Saroyan, sitting here with my fabulous co-founder and husband, Jason Saroyan, and we are the J2 behind J2 Guides, which is a gap year consulting business. Um, and we have done other things before, specifically gap year consulting, but have been in the kind of experiential education and gap year space for about 27 years now. So this is sort of the culmination of our, of our life's work, as you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you guys are so passionate about it and do such good work. And I'm really glad that we're kind of taking a different angle on the conversation today because we haven't done this before. And this has become um, a pretty, a very relevant and very current topic for a lot of parents that I know. So before we get into that, let's go back just a little bit. So a gap year, a lot of people say gap, what does that mean? And I say, it's not a gap. It's not a hole. It's an experience, right? So can you just give your definition of what a gap year is? Yeah, we'd love to. So for us at J2 Guides, we talk a lot about a gap year or a gap time as being an opportunity for an individual to step out of the space that is comfortable and typical for them, a space they know well, they know they're very successful in, and to move out into the world to gain hands-on experience in an interest area or explore through travel or really hone in on a professional path. What's interesting about gap time is that it can really be any significant period of time. So we have students who will take gap time for three months after graduating high school, but before they go on to college. We have students who are winter admits in college, so they'll have more like six months of time. We have students who are going on to college or unclear if college is the path, and they're taking nine to 12 months. And then we have some folks taking open-ended time. What's most important for us is that particularly for young adults, because lots of adults take gap time too, for young adults who are graduating high school or who are in college, this is meant to be a path that bridges you from your young adult life to your adult life. So rather than taking the straight path directly to college or a trade school or out into the workforce, Gap Year provides a little bit of a meander, and that meander offers space to grow, it offers time to mature, and it really gives you the opportunity to investigate areas that you're excited about that maybe you never had a chance to do before. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I still want to take a gap year. I haven't given up on that yet. (laughs) We're ready for you when you are. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk later. Um, So let's talk about the myths and the misconceptions because I've heard it. I know you've heard it over and over again. Well, gap years are so expensive or gap years are just my kids sitting on the couch playing video games. Like, can you kind of dispel those myths? Yeah. Let me take a stab at a few of them because there are quite a few. And I think Jason kicking us off with the definition, you know, is a, is a great start to that because as you notice, he's not talking about destination. So there's a huge myth that gap years are international. I'm supposed to be overseas, somewhere really far reaching, exotic, whatever we want to call it. Um, and in fact, you could be gapping and having just fantastic experiences here in the United States for, um, you know, U.S. listeners. Um, Another big myth that we hear about a lot um, is the expense. So I'm really glad you brought that up. And and, and there really really are all kinds of experiences. We have students who are self-funding their gap years who have maybe raised and saved, you know, $500,000, And sure, other students whose parents or grandparents are helping to support it and they have a bit more to put to it. We don't want money to be the deal breaker. We want to brainstorm about what's possible, what's of interest, what's going to get that passion relit in a young adult, and then we're going to find the the creative or scrappy ways we need to make that work. So it doesn't have to break the bank. Um, We could do a whole episode just on budgeting for a gap year, Betsy. So maybe we should put a pin in that Um, And then the last one I think I want to mention is, and I really appreciate that both student and parents have this question of, how is this going to affect my academic momentum? How is taking gap time going to 
you know, decrease my candidacy for college or my study skills or my motivation. Um, and it makes sense. There's a, you know, great speculation about why, you know, that could happen if my child is just, you know, gallivanting around the world. But the truth is, is as Jason explained in that definition, an intentional gap year is very purposeful and students emerge um, emotionally um, grown, matured, uh, more resilient, and and certainly much more driven with that next step um, were it to be um, academic or career. And we can maybe drop a link in, you know, one of the, the the descriptions that you put up with the podcast to point people to the actual data that is coming out, that has come out, that supports and shows that in fact, gappers, once they're on a college campus, are achieving higher GPAs than students who have not taken gap time. And that they are also graduating in closer to four years when we're looking at a national average of six years graduating a four-year college. So in fact, all the data and certainly the anecdotes that Jason and I have been accumulating over 25 years certainly supports that. Um, In fact, gappers will return much more motivated um, and engaged with their college experience, which is a really important thing for families to hear. Jane alluded to this, and I just want to reiterate one of the other big myths and misconceptions um, is that essentially the idea of not going on to college counts as gap year. And I see this term gap year thrown around around athletes who didn't play one year or students who just chose not to go on to school. And um, that's that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about a gap year. A gap year, again, is meant to be intentional and productive. So even if you stay home and you are working, that has intention and productivity and growth built into it. But sitting on a couch playing video games is not does not fall within that definition. Just not going on to college, it does not fall within that definition. That is allowing things to happen to you. That is not actually proactively going out and seeking growth and seeking your own expansion. So that's an important nuance. Um, When we talk about gap year, when we talk about all of these thousands and thousands of students who are gapping, those folks are the seekers. Those folks are the ones who are really on a journey um, of personal discovery and and ultimately know that this is going to lead them somewhere. They have an idea of where this is headed. So what percentage of your gappers go on to college after they spend time with you? Do you know that? I would say um, easily 95%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 There was an interesting study done actually about gap year students um, in the United States. And and in the study, 100% of the participants had the intention of going on to college after their gap time. And that study revealed that after that one year of gap time, 90% did go on to college and they matriculated on and, and through. And the, the researchers were really interested in that other 10%. So they did a follow-up. And what they noted was that within an additional year of time, all of that 10% had also gone, to, gone on to school and investigating why they had taken that additional pause. It always came down to either a family hardship that had occurred or that there was a lack of funds for them to go on to school. So there was there was a very good set of reasons. All of these students continued to stay motivated. They just had to wait a little longer. So the the data really suggests what Jane was was illustrating before. Gapier really uh, provides a catalyst and an inspiration for students to go on to continue their learning. Now, if a student never had the intention to go on to college in the first place, 
that's a different story. But many students who are unclear about whether college is the path discover whether or not that's actually true for them once they're in their gap time. And maybe they found a path that was better for them in general. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, well, let's put links to all that data in that um, research study so we can share that with my listeners. So today we're going to talk about gap experiences for neurodiverse students. Let's just define that too, because a lot of parents, well, a lot of listeners might say, I, I don't know what you mean by neurodiverse. Can you explain that? There are a lot of ways that families are um, coming to this conversation with students who have had a history of challenges, let's say differences or disabilities in school. Um, and that could look like ADHD, executive functioning. Um, and Jason and I also kind of even open that further it may not be neurodiverse, but to include students battling really um, any challenges with mental health or physical challenges and physical disabilities. So we're we're wanting to cast a broad net so that families who basically have a young adult who is a non-traditional learner that has some kind of accommodations in a school setting. So, and as parents of a, a, a sixth grader with an extensive IEP, we know all too well that we get so um, uh, dependent in a way on this robust team that is supporting our child in school to be successful. It's easy to pause and say, so can she function at a typical camp? Can she t function at this internship she's been offered, you know, because we have seen her benefit from levels of scaffolding. And so I think that extension of conversation continues on in the gap year realm. So um, as you know us well, we are not one word answers, Betsy, but <laughs> what we're looking at are students who have ha have been supported through school with some kind of accommodation um, in their learning plan to support their continued academic progress. So then if if that student decides to go on to gap time, what kind of supports are there? Um, I guess, you know, that would obviously differ depending on what their needs are. Um, and also, like, are there specific benefits associated with that that they might not get in school or somewhere else? I think that's a really great question. And, and it really um, suggests something that Jane and I want to start with with every student, which is students identifying why they're taking gap time. And so if the reason that a family ultimately decides together and the student agrees wholeheartedly that gap time is to support development of executive functioning skills, if it is to support an environment that feels more calm, more within that student's control so that then they can go out and engage learning without the anxiety and stress that might be associated. If that experience is about offering a student a chance to dive into something that they've never been able to do because all of these accommodations take up so much time and the amount of effort it takes for a student to keep pace with their peers is just so much more. That's really helpful for us to know as gap year consultants. It's really helpful for the student and family to know because the decisions you make about what gap year opportunities you're going to pursue will be completely dictated by that set of goals. And there's lots of reasons, other reasons, why students take gap time too. You could also be feeling ac academically burnt out. You could also be feeling like you are needing to recover from that concussion you sustained in soccer. You could also be feeling curious about yourself and wanting to explore the world. All those things can be true. So when we think about students who are neurodiverse, um, we can look at specific gap year programs that are supporting, say, the development of executive functioning skills. 
or we can look at how gap year programs and experiential education in general innately support the development of that and the independence of the individual. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to add, and I think Jason paused to let me jump in because he could see me on the edge of my seat. What, what is so important for listeners to know is that there's such a, whether overtly stated or not, the soft skill development is such a huge outcome of any gap year, no matter the budget, no matter the learner, no matter the content, what we see are young adults, because we're hitting them at that just ripe age, right? 17, 18, 19. It's just such a perfect time where they're really stepping into themselves as young adults away from home and away from peers that maybe they've been growing alongside for the last 12 years. And what we see no matter what is these students coming home feeling so much more mature and confident and sure of themselves and a a much clearer sense of who they are and maybe even what they want to be doing. And so that pertains to everybody. And so these gap year experiences, again, whether overtly stated or not, um, do such a great job of kind of ushering young adults, of stewarding them through this process. And that happens through curriculum, sure. It happens through really inspiring instructors, um, mentors, role models who are guiding the trips. Um, a lot of gap year programs have kind of a, a, a four or five or six to one student instructor ratio. So um, we're also looking like at an infrastructure of group program that might max out at 14 or 16 with two instructors or three instructors. And there's a lot more one-on-one attention, connection, and group process kind of built into the experiences. So again, regardless of it being, let's say, an LD-specific program, there's just going to be so much care and attention to the evolution of these young adults as they take their next steps. So that's kind of one place. And I can pause and see if you have, I bet you've got a follow-up question because I know this is what we're doing now. So, (laughs) Of course I do. I always have (laughs) follow-up questions. Um, I love that you brought up the soft skills or survival skills or life skills or whatever people want to call them because every time I talk to somebody, they have a different name for it. But I do talk about this a lot with with guests on the show because in some cases kids can start to build those those skills in high school but in many cases they're not. And those things like your the, the soft skills as you call them, right? The collaboration, the the problem solving, the critical thinking, all those things. Yes, some of that does go on in school, but a lot of it doesn't. And and it doesn't in an environment that's not inside a classroom, right? Like interacting with adults, interacting with other cultures, mm-hmm. interacting with people who don't live in the same town as you. Like just the diversity of that alone, I think, is such a huge advantage. And the small group aspect of it, you know, I, I worry about my kids going off to big universities and getting lost, you know, small fish in big ponds. And I think that that, that bridge time between small high school classes and big college or whatever the next step is, is so valuable to your, to your point, the mentorship, the, you know, somebody coaching them and leading them along. So I love that you're doing all that. And we'll be right back after a quick break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. Are there gap programs for but specific learning challenges and or can they be in general programs and have that attention they need as well? Does that make sense? Definitely makes sense. Yes. And that's probably the number one question that um, any parent um, with a a, a neurodiverse child is going to be asking right away as well. Um, There are some, not many, many, but there are a handful of excellent programs designed for um, students with learning differences. um, And that will probably look like, uh, you know, still very experientially focused. And when we say experiential, you know, we're talking about learning by doing. It's much more hands-on. So, you know, gap year experiences are, are rich with learning. It's just not sitting in the four walls of a classroom. So um, the chances are that the, the kind of curriculum, quote-unquote, of one of these experiential programs um, will also just have a more, again, overt, to use that word again, focus on helping students start to figure out how to plan better, how to kind of, you know, lay out a week and help them organize it, um, step up into more leadership roles. Mm. They'll probably be staff on hand that have that background and training. And again, they'll still be very focused on more typical gap year experiences. And I do believe, and it does really depend on the diagnosis, um, is that most or many gap year experiences are quite well suited to students who have, um, an executive functioning or ADHD challenge specifically. Um, so I think most typical gap year programs, again, depending on each student and family and program, there's, there's, there's a lot of players in there to look into, but I would say these gap year programs are quite well suited to support students. Yeah. And a, a couple of the qualities that are interesting of the programs that are either specifically oriented to LD students or programs that really serve those students well are Many of them are residential, meaning they have a home base. They have a predictable space that students are going back to most of the time. If you look at a lot of other gap year experiences out there, you can see they're more expeditionary. They are on the move. Students are constantly being bombarded with new input. It's a new space basically every single day. And that can be quite overwhelming to a lot of students and particularly students who um, are managing executive functioning or ADD or ADHD. And so What I love is that these residential settings allow a student to have a room, have a predictable meal schedule, understand the pacing of a program and the pacing is going to be geared to a much more holistic level of health. So yes, you may be involved in activities that are organized and coordinated for much of the day, but there will be free time for you. And that free time will allow you to escape into your book or escape doing an activity that you're really interested in. And then you come back. The other benefit of programs that are residential is that you're more likely to gain more life skills. You're going to be doing your own laundry. You're going to be learning how to cook. And they generally have staff who are supporting you in learning how to do that. And so it's also a collaborative effort. You're learning how to grocery shop together and then you're planning meals. So the, the, the more, um, that a program can take out these stressors that are unpredictable in a day and create much more predictable environment. Those are the environments we see that students who are really trying to manage and figure out the skill sets and the hacks for themselves in their own lives around these learning differences. Those are the programs that those students tend to thrive on. So what about students with 
um, with mental health challenges and, you know, social emotional challenges. So if they go to one of these programs, any gap year program, what kind of supports are in place for them? You know, if they're really struggling, if they're slipping, you know, back, maybe they're, they struggle with depression and they're really starting to feel depressed. Like what kind of support is in place for them? Um, well, I would probably want to also take this opportunity to make really clear with, with, with listeners that one of the most important things that needs to happen between families and then between families and consultant or, or families and programs is transparency. There is oftentimes, you know, there's still some hesitation like, oh, the full disclosure, we got to tell our story again. I don't want this to be what defines me. I, you know, we've heard it from students and families so many times. So at times, because health forms are on every kind of program's application asking for prescription medication, have you been suspended or expelled? They're going to run through those questions. And um, families at times, you know, will omit initially that level of detail. And that's the first problem. um, Because that's, you know, the thing about these gap year programs is no matter how safely they are run, we are talking about students moving into really new experiences that will be triggering. They'll be challenging. They're designed to be. This is sort of that, you know, moving into our stretch zone, as we often talk about. So, that that could then cascade into a whole number of things once we are quote unquote in the field. We don't want that to happen and be unprepared. So just to back that up, this to really implore with parents to families to be fully disclosing and transparent with the professionals you're working with. They care about you, they care about your child, and the only way they can help decide if it's a good fit is having a full kind of picture of the young adult and you know, it's important to note that we've, we, meaning the gap year field, we've seen it all. So it would take a lot to scare a a program, you know, for for them to not want to consider. So when we talk about anxiety or depression, a lot of young adults are managing that. We know it's an epidemic in our country. So programs are prepared to see that and have a really frank conversation with families. So all of that is just so important up front. Once on program, and, you know, I think some of the important things for students to be thinking about, and we talk a lot about, which is um, if if you have a regime that's working, therapy, medication, um, and oftentimes we see this, right, kids are like, wow, I don't have school, it's summertime, I'm going to stop taking my meds, I'm going to stop taking my um, ADD meds or my anxiety meds. Um, and we understand that it's exciting to think about moving away some some of these support measures. We actually really, again, implore that families not use the gap year as a time to explore with shifting what has been working. So maintaining that routine of prescription medications and maybe even calls with one's therapist. So telehealth has gotten to be, right, really straightforward now due to COVID, um, which is fantastic. So if maintaining that kind of communication is relevant, then we want to make sure we're on a program where you have access to your device um, and time every week or every other week to connect with, you know, your therapist or counselor. Um, but then lastly, really to get to the initial question, Betsy was like, what about once on program? Mm. Um, do you want to take yeah. that last part over? Yeah. An interesting distinction and the lines are getting blurrier and blurrier, but um, gap year programs do not define as therapeutic programs. So it's actually part of the accreditation through the gap year association is that you're not providing therapeutic services. So on 
on nearly every gap year program, um, it is highly unlikely that you will find a therapist, a psychologist, or a psychiatrist, or even someone who's got a background in social work who is one of the staff members there. So if that is an important consideration, if that's an important member of your team that you need to be a part of your daily, we're probably looking at something that is more of a hybrid therapeutic program. Um, that's a topic for another time. Uh, there are many programs like that out there. And, and oftentimes parents are really afraid of that term of therapeutic because they've heard about the wilderness program in Utah. Those are not the programs I'm talking about. I'm talking about a program that is actually a bit more of a hybrid between a gap year program and something like that that's offering support. Support. On a typical gap year program, you're going to find instructors who are really well versed and trained in working with young adults. Some gap year programs, and these are great questions to ask, some gap year programs will have the spaciousness that a student can have a video call or a phone call with their therapist every week, and others will not. Some programs will hold student meds and distribute them. Other programs will not, and they will not even check if students are taking them. So these are important considerations when you're talking with programs. When we look at programming, one of the questions that I would have if, if our daughter wants to take gap time is what level of interaction do the instructors have with students? Are they staying in the same residence with them or are the students left living on their own? Are the instructors consistent day-to-day -day with students? Are they doing one-on-one -on -one check-ins with them every week? If so, how is that information being conveyed back to headquarters? Will that information be conveyed to me? Um, one of the things that's so challenging, I think, for a lot of parents as they begin moving into the gap year world is that many of these students are 18 years old. They're adults. They're the ones taking the gap year. Parents are not going to be let in on every single moment of what's happening for their child on program. If a student chooses to break a rule, parents are not going to be the first person called about what's going to happen in that disciplinary action, just like in college. And this can be a challenging space. So again, really getting clear on what is the program's communication policy with headquarters and ultimately with parents at home. Those are all really good, really good points and good questions for parents to ask, because I think I would feel the same way. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. Like I didn't, I wouldn't know what to ask or how to make sure the program was a good fit. So what other tips or, or questions do you have that parents should consider when, when investigating a gap year program? So at this point in time in the, in the history of gap year, we do have a pretty comprehensive set of standards in order to be met to be considered a high quality and accredited organization through the gap year association. Um, and I, I feel very fortunate, but I've been on that standards committee since the absolute beginning, which is nearly a decade ago now. Um, and I can tell you it's been through a lot of iterations. We have a really amazing and experienced team of people who's constantly reviewing that. So when you're looking at programming, um, one could say that if you're looking at a program that is accredited, you know that they've jumped over a very high bar in order to achieve that. But just because a program is not accredited or is not accredited yet, it doesn't mean that they are not still offering a very high quality experience. There's a lot of reasons why someone would choose to do or not do that accreditation. So when you're looking at programs, again, Jane mentioned this, but what is the student to staff ratio? What's the level of staff involvement? These are big questions that we really encourage families to look at and ask. How much is the program gonna be moving around? What kinds of activities are the program is the program offering and what's the level of student independence? Um, families are often surprised to realize that American gap year programs 
offer a very different structural uh, paradigm than, say, British or New Zealand-based programs, which offer a higher level of freedom and expect more independence of students. You may not know by just looking at the website that one originated in one place versus another, but the programs have very, very different ethoses when you're out there in the field with them. I think another just quick round of questions to inquire is the training of the staff. You know, um, you want to know who's in the field with your kids. So really learning more about the hiring process, the training process, um, the backgrounds of, of the field staff. Um, and I did have one more question uh, or that piece that I wanted to add to that in terms of what to ask, but, oh, I know what it is. <clears throat> I think another really important piece for families to recognize, and this also kind of ties into student buy-in because sometimes parents are like, this sounds fantastic. I don't know that my kid will bite. So if you think about the gap year field, you know, and we are both celebrated and condemned for it, it is aesthetically a very pleasing set of experiences to look at. So that's a good thing to harness when it taught when we think about getting our, our young adults interested. So this is a time to actually really celebrate social media. If you start to follow programs, what you're going to see is um, live reports from the field. What are kids actually doing? They're going to be sharing their stories. You're going to see live and free webinars being offered. So I'm a big fan now. It's gotten so easy in the last year and a half, but of it's okay to be kind of a passive recipient. We used to push so hard that kids got to get in there and ask the questions and make the phone calls. I consider that now a round two. Hmm. Round one is start following some programs that look exciting and appealing. Log in with your camera off and having dinner and listen to a webinar from one of the founding directors. And then as things start, everyone's nodding in approval as a family and loving what they're hearing. Then you go for the next round where you now want to pick up that phone and it's not a live chat online. You got to pick up the phone and talk to some of the organization and ask these questions. And one of the things you absolutely want to ask for are alumni references. You want to speak with other young adults, um, maybe even you know, that have lived near you or maybe have a similar profile if, if that can be shared. Um, but at a minimum, just talk to other kind of graduates of that gap experience. You guys have so much information in your heads. Like every, <laughs> I, every time I talk to you, I learn more. And I, it's just because you've spent 27 years in this space, not just as counselors, but actually working in it, like being in the middle of taking gap experiences yourself, like you've seen it kind of 360 or full circle, right? So that's one of the things I love about you guys. Like you are immersed and so passionate about the work you do. So let's recap that for people who might not be familiar with you, because you guys are, your services and your experience and your insights are just invaluable. So do you want to talk a little bit about your business and, you know, just let people know why they should reach out to you. I could tell them, but I'm sure you could probably tell them better. As Jane mentioned earlier, we are a gap year consulting organization, which means that much like a private independent educational consultant who would help you find the right college fit for you, our role is to help you determine whether or not gap time is the right fit for you. And if so, help you really dig deeply into what the appropriate goals are for that time and then connect you with vetted, high-quality program, volunteering, internship, work exchange, skills course options. 
we really love serving in a mentorship role. And so the idea is that when families work with us, we're on a journey with you. We're on the planning journey, of course, but we're also on the gap year journey, meaning we're staying connected with students. We're staying connected with parents. We're offering workshops throughout the year to help ease the transition points because there are multiple transition points. Many students are involved in three or four or five different experiences over their gap year if they have nine to 12 months. And we're there at the end to try and help students debrief and then move on to that next place where they are headed off to after their gap time. Um, spe speaking of sort of the passive way to get to know people, we, we are one of those organizations that does a live and free webinar every other Wednesday. So um, if people want to see our faces and see a little bit of a slide deck, a lot of us are visual learners. Um, we do a webinar Wednesday, pretty much every other Wednesday year round, and we do a 30 minute presentation. Um, so that's a great way to passively, you know, learn about us and similarly follow us on Instagram. We're constantly highlighting our students in the field. And then more actively, we offer free consultations. So if you're just ready to get on the phone, like here's my unique story, which if we were to go back 10 minutes in the conversation, that's another big word of advice is we can ask all kinds of questions of the organizations about their background and their mission. But then in the end, it's like, so here's our story. Do we, can we, are we a fit for you? Do you think you can support us? And that's, I love that. Sometimes parents will apologize after eight minutes into a call and say, I've been talking nonstop telling you my kid's story. I'm like, but that's the only story that I'm here to hear right now. So, yeah, um, yeah. so, so families could always schedule free consultation with us and, and share your story and your specific questions. And that's the way to really dive into the heart of, is this potentially a good fit for you and your young adult? And we'd love yeah. to hear your story. So that's, yes, that's something exactly. you can reach out for. Um, and one thing to note, just from a timing standpoint, lots of people ask us about the timing of the gap year. So if you are a senior, and right now it happens to be late December, um, this is the perfect time for you to begin investigating gap year. Gap year programs begin enrolling starting essentially January, and they the enrollment just begins to crescendo up through May and June. Um, so the sooner you dive into this process of investigation, the better. Mm. If you are in college you and you're thinking about not going back for the January start of the semester, this is an immediate opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. You need to jump on the phone with someone immediately. Programs still have space, but not much for this coming spring. And then if you're a junior, a great time to address gap year and start dipping your toes in the water is right at the end of junior year. Once all the big tests are over and once the stress is off, you know, late spring, early summer is a really awesome time to begin having these conversations before you're starting to apply for college in your senior year. Yeah. And I think you talked, that's great. I think you talked about in a previous episode about kind of a mini gap experience too, to see, you know, if you even like something or, or want to try something and that can be done over the summer, right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. You could do a few weeks or a month wilderness, language, arts, you know, volunteering, you name it. And you're right, Betsy. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Oh, we said that good. <laughs> um, it is a great way to get a sense of it. And, you know, to come back to this topic at hand, I think what's so profound about an intentional gap year for a neurodiverse student is that it's been a slog mm. for a lot of young mm. adults, neurodiverse or not. 
have mm -hmm. been working, working, working on the treadmill, as you well know, <laughs> and um, it's really defeating. And so it, in its simplest form, I feel like a gap year is just an opportunity for young adults to, to rediscover themselves, yeah. to really rediscover how fabulous they are to feel confident and just kind of on fire again about life and learning. That's what we want. And the content is almost secondary. Mm. It, I just, and mm -hmm. I say that because we've worked with hundreds of students every year for over 25 years. So the, what they do, where they go is almost secondary because the theme is the same throughout, which is these young adults emerging so fired up about what's next in their lives. And, and, and what more do we want? as parents and educators, but to see these young adults feeling inspired again. Well, you guys inspire me every time I talk to you. So thank you so much for coming back again. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I miss seeing your faces. And um, so you talked about Instagram and your webinar Wednesdays. People can also find you at your website, j2guides.com. And anywhere else you want to share, I'll put these all in the show notes, by the way. Those are kind of our our favorite channels. I mean, if there are, if parents are educators themselves, um, and you know, I think LinkedIn is a great way that we communicate. A um, lot of great opportunities for other professionals and connecting that way. So, but we're not big tweeters <laughs> or any of that. So, I think you've got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks again, you guys. I'm I'm really really glad to to talk to you again. Thank thanks you so for much, having Betsy. us, Betsy. Thanks for what you do for the community at large. It's really quite an inspiration. I am always excited to connect with Jane and Jason. As I mentioned, this was their fourth time on the podcast, and every single time we talk, I learn something new. Our world continues to be challenging and unpredictable, and our teens and young adults are working really hard to try to find their way through this new normal. I'm hearing from so many parents that their students are struggling. Many are taking a leave of absence from college. There is no better time to take a gap year, and there are so many fantastic opportunities for students, no matter what their interests, budget, or abilities. Learning differences and neurodiversity should not create a barrier for young people to take some gap time. I highly recommend that you reach out to Jason and Jane. They're knowledgeable, passionate, and enthusiastic about what they do. Be sure to tell them I sent you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful you took the time to listen, and I'd really appreciate it if you would follow or subscribe to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback, and I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 111, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. And if you know of a teenager who's unsure of their next step after high school, a college student rethinking their future career path, or a young person who just needs some guidance while evaluating their career choices, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories, 
I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.